Hi. How y'all doing, everybody? Welcome to the Friday Experience. My name is Pastor Lawrence Dufront. I will be your host for the day. Listen, if you haven't already, please text LSMIN to 24251 so that you can join our text group. Um, also, if you ever feel led to donate to the ministry, you can do so by going to the website, www.lawrencedufront.com, or you can cash at me. Y'all know I can multitask. Or you can cash at me at um, Lawsuit, as dollar sign, L-A-W-S-O-U. Also, follow me on IG if you um, aren't following me already. Follow me on IG. Uh, shout out to uh, Jason Francis. He's been the one doing my reels because I've been really busy, no pun intended. And so <laughs> I am uh, I'm truly grateful for him supporting the ministry. He's been doing a great job. Um, and listening to the Friday experience and then pulling out some of the gems so that we can share it to the people. What's going on, Queen? I see my boo is on here. It's always good to see you. my baby's really busy, so I need to pray for her. No pun intended. Man, all these puns just coming out off the cuff without even really trying. My baby's been real busy. No pun intended. Those who know, y'all know what it is. Good to see you, babe. What's going on, Sheila? It's good to see you alive with us on this Friday. Uh, happy Sabbath to those who believe, who understand, and who choose to rest on the seventh day happy friday to those of you who do not whatever the case is i greet you in peace grace and love the friday experience is about having a spiritual encounter um and diving in some real conversation about all things spiritual so that we may grow uh in grace and in love it's good to see my mom on the line happy sabbath to you mom uh, great to see you on YouTube. Shout out to those who are watching on YouTube and are unable to comment because uh, they're streaming it from their phones onto the TV screen. I say grace and peace to you as well. Um, also join the Fight Experience group on Facebook if you haven't already. Right now it's free. Sorry, man. I'm the cotton mouth is crazy. Um, I will be uh, starting a um, an afterglow at some point in which we can meet digitally, and I will be bringing back gathering live as well in person um, at least once a month. I will keep you guys posted on all that. Uh, but join the Friday Experience group, join the text messaging group, join whatever avenue. Um, we'll get you the updates necessary uh, so that you can hear what's going on and so that you can be a part of it. Um, today, we are going to talk about not throwing the first stone, uh, not throwing the first stone. Uh, I didn't have time to make the PowerPoint slide like I normally do. And so what I will be doing in substitution to that is you will be seeing it directly from BibleHub.com. Um the scriptures in which we will be talking about. I think it's important that we have this conversation considering the things that have transpired last week. Um, everybody was talking about the slap. I don't really want to dive into that right now, but me and the wife, we do have a video on YouTube and on Facebook where we discuss our thoughts on the slap. But um, I felt like this would be a good conversation to have about being careful about throwing stones, being careful about judging people uh, too quickly, too harshly. Um, and I, I believe the slap really inspired me to kind of discuss this because there's so many opinions uh so many um ideas around and such harsh language towards each other and even towards uh will smith and chris rock so many people got all these ideas and um i feel like some of us we are uh, a little too extreme maybe in our position it's all fun and game 
as long as it's fun and games, right? Uh, once we start actually judging people's characters based off of their position, I think we've gone a little, a little too far, right? And so I wanted to kind of discuss this in a way where we can have conversation about throwing the first stone. And so the text that I'll be using is a familiar text about the woman um, who was caught in adultery. Um, we're going to walk through the text. So by walking through the text, uh, that just means that I will be, um, I'll be reading and then I'll be stopping. I'll be reading and then I'll be stopping uh, pretty much. So that way uh, we can get uh, full context as to what is going on. Um, so we'll be walking through the text so that we can understand exactly how the story is. And in the meantime, we'll be having conversation. So if this is your first time listening, the Friday experience is, in fact, the conversation. So I want you to talk to me um, as I talk to you, right? We'll go back and forth and have dialogue about what's going on. Um, it's not just me preaching, though y'all do enjoy me preaching. Uh, today, I really do want to have a conversation. So uh, let's get started. Uh, we're going to uh, go to John chapter 8. Um, I'm actually going to start with the first verse. I think the first verse is uh, important for context. Um, let me actually move forward a little bit because you can't get the whole thing. Boom. Uh, let me. All right. There we go. Here we go. All right. So it says, but Jesus went, but Jesus went to the mountain olives and early in the morning, he came again into the temple area um, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began teaching them. Now, the scribes of the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the act of adultery. All right. So let me just stop there real quick to, to give some uh, context as to what the adultery is. And so um, what pretty much when Jesus goes into the temple area, the reason why the new American standard says the temple area versus the temple, because everybody did not go into the temple and the temple was uh, the Hebrew temple at that time was not a learning center. Uh, like how we use temples today. The Hebrew temple is, uh, was a ritual center. People went to the temple to perform rituals. Uh, back then they went to the synagogues to receive teachings. They went to the temple, to perform rituals, they went to the synagogue to perform teachings. And so uh, most people would be in the court area of the temple. They'll be around the temple, but they won't actually go inside of the temple except for a specific holidays or what have you, or if they had like an offering to bring, et cetera, et cetera. So, so he was around the temple in which there was teaching also going on, obviously, because Jesus took advantage of that space to start teaching. And while Jesus is teaching, the scribes and the Pharisees kind of show up with a woman who was caught in adultery. So now the scribes, um, they, they were the ones who were supposed to copy the law. So this is actually really, a, a really good teaching point now, right? Because everybody did not have access to the scrolls, like how we have access to the Bible today. Um, we, we got Bibles on our phones. There's Bibles in hotel rooms, right? You can go buy a Bible if you want. Bibles are readily accessible. Bibles that we use as scriptures, they're readily accessible. But in this time, um, scrolls, were not so readily accessible. Um, scrolls would be in a synagogue. Scrolls would be in the temples, um, but they were not. They were not. Uh, some scrolls might be in some people's homes, but that would be very rare. Uh, so they had people called the scribes who would copy the scriptures to make more copies as they would be in um, in need of more copies. That's all they did was just copy scripture, copy scriptures, copy scriptures. And this is part of the reasons why you find some grammatical errors 
in some of the older manuscripts because these were handwritten copies. You know, the, the print press didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? And so they couldn't just Xerox it. You know, they couldn't copy and paste. Like the stuff that we take for granted today, it didn't exist then. They had to hand copy the, uh, the, the scriptures. And so that's time consuming. That's a full-time job. And sometimes the scribe might add little notes here and there. And so this is why we get different... Um, discrepancies as we study the older manuscripts of the scriptures. We have these discrepancies because there were people hired to copy the text, literally. So they were there, and then the Pharisees, the Pharisees was a religious sect, um, as the scholars would say, right? There were a group of people who who vowed to be holy, if you will, after the Greek takeover, after they um, after they fought off the Greeks. Um, the, uh, the Pharisees kind of started their order because they felt like uh, they, the reason why Israel was going through what they were going through was because Israel wasn't faithful to God. And so this group of people said, we're going to be faithful to God. We're going to follow the law to the T. And to ensure that we follow the law to the T, we will create more laws, uh, more, uh, more customs, if you will, but they acted as laws. We'll create these customs to kind of give us a border around the law of God. And so if the law says one thing, they'll add other things to kind of safeguard themselves from breaking the law because in their minds and in their spirit, they believe that it was the violation of the law that allowed God to now cast judgment on them. And I kind of want to take a pause there, just a little bit of pause, because what ended up happening was their their customs, their traditions started to take the place of God's law. In fact, many people did not know the law itself. They only knew the customs and the traditions. And so if somebody broke the customs and the traditions, they were treated as if they broke the law. And this is kind of important because even in 2022, many of us, we have customs and traditions that we believe are God sent, right? We have customs and traditions that we treat as if they came out of the mouth of God instead of out of the minds of man. And so we start to hold on to these customs and traditions. And when someone violates those customs and traditions, we start to feel as if they're doing something wrong. When in reality, all they're doing is living their lives. Yeah, that's right. It, it still remains today. And so the problem, there's nothing wrong with having customs and traditions. There's nothing wrong with, with creating a lifestyle that you believe is righteous, a lifestyle that you believe helps you walk in righteousness. There's absolutely Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Where the problem begins to arise is when we start treating other people who don't uh, subscribe to our customs and traditions, when we start treating them as if they're less than simply because they don't subscribe to what we subscribe to. Um, and I could give you example after example, uh, but you know, you, I know how y'all are, right? If I give one example, but don't give yours, you might miss the concept, right? But I, I'll, I'll at least give you this. We can talk about drinking. Let's just talk about drinking for a little bit, right? Um, there's Knowing the Bible that says that you are not allowed to drink, what the Bible actually says is that you shouldn't practice getting drunk. That's what it actually says. Um, but because some people, they lack the self-control. Um, some people are, in fact, alcoholics. Some people, they don't know how to do things in temperance and in modesty. Uh, they create a custom for themselves where they say they will not drink. There's some people who have um, uh, who, who want to take care of their body, and they feel like any amount of alcohol would be a destruction to their body, so they decide not to drink. That's completely fine if you don't 
drink. But now when you begin to judge the other person who might drink a, a cup of wine once in a while, or when you begin to judge the people who might partake in social drinking when they're out in the parties, or when you begin to judge the person who might crack a can of beer when they come home from work, whatever the case is, you start judging them, treating them as if alcohol has gotten a hold of them, when in reality they are in full control of their lifestyle. They're not here just getting drunk all day, every day, because I think we all can agree that that would be a problem. Living a lifestyle of drunkenness can be a problem, and if you're struggling with that, this is not to judge you. This is not to discourage you. This is to let you know that there is freedom on the other side. You can be set free from the grip of, of alcoholism, but if someone has full control of their alcohol usage, and then we start to judge them because they will abstain from alcohol, all we're doing is we're forcing a standard on them um, that really was that belong to us. And when I say belong to us, to those who choose to abstain from alcohol. If you choose to not take a sip of wine, that's fine. But don't judge the other person for drinking wine. If you if you choose to not take a shot once in a while, that's fine. But don't judge the other person who takes a shot. At the end of the day, they're not violating God's uh, expectations of them simply by partaking once in a while. Now, of course, some of you, you're not going to agree with me because you already had that standard. It's, in brain, it's embedded in your brain uh, of, of that people should abstain and you're going to teach that and you're going to preach that and it's okay for you to teach and preach whatever you want but i would rather we know the true the true um uh, the true expectations of god for our life um we could talk about tithing we could talk about resting we could talk about sex we could talk about work we could talk about children uh we could talk about clothing there are so many things that we could talk about in which there is some uh recommendations or some suggestions that the scriptures give and then tradition comes in and then creates a lifestyle around those laws and suggestions that the Bible say, and where, where it is not exactly what the scriptures say, um, but it's uh, traditions built on what the scriptures said, and many people, they can't tell the difference between the two. But I do want to say this, uh, someone can violate your tradition and still be right with God. I'm going to say that again. Somebody can violate your tradition and still be right with God. Another example of that is, is going to church. There'll be some people who will demonize you for never going to a physical church, a physical being, a building. They will demonize you uh, for not partaking in church ministries. They will demonize you for not coming to Bible study. They'll demonize you for not being excited about sermons. They want to treat you as if you are less than a believer simply because you're not following the traditions that they set up. But in reality, uh, you can still know God. You can still love God and never step foot in a church. Is church beneficial? Absolutely. Is church necessary? Absolutely not. Some of us, we found God when we left the church because the church was too distracting. There was too much going on inside of there. There was uh, too much distraction of who God really was. And so there's some of us, we had to leave the traditional uh, construct in order to find spirituality, to find who God really is in us and around us. And so those who are brainwashed by the system of man-made traditions, they can't respect those who operate outside of those traditions. And so that's what tends to happen with the Pharisees. Uh, of the, the Pharisees, I see uh, I see Kiki putting up drinks. I see you putting up drinks, Kiki. You know how we get down. <laughs> Happy Sabbath to you, Tracy. It's always good to see Tracy. Tracy ain't always in here, so it's good to see her. That means she got time today, right? All right. And so the Pharisees were a group of people who said, we don't want to sin against God, which sounds good. And so they created standards. Of, of, they created um, customs and traditions to try to keep them close to God. And that's what you get the Mishnah from. 
the Mishnah is the oral tradition. It's not written down, of course, but it's the oral traditions that they followed when they wear their clothes a certain way and they did things a certain way. And that's kind of where you get, um, well, the time. Well, I won't go into all that because some of that stuff is boring. Just know that the Pharisees had set up some traditions uh, of that day that they put a weight on the people to keep. And so Jesus, Jesus being God himself, the son of God, God himself in the flesh, Jesus used to break their traditions all the time and it made them angry. It made them upset because he would break their traditions while performing miracles. He would break their traditions while still walking with God. He would break their traditions while speaking the words of God. He would break their traditions and yet the people will still see him as holy. And what I realize is sometimes religious people get upset when unreligious people have favor. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes because I know some of us, we've been through that church hurt where they want to convince you that your life is going to be messed up if you don't follow the traditions. They want to convince you that your life is going to be no good if you don't follow the traditions. They want to scare you back into the so-called fold that you walked away from. But isn't it funny how the further you get away from the religious people, the more God seems to pour favor over your life. And some people, they, it, it irritates them. It, it irritates them to the point that they they would rather say, it was the devil blessing you than acknowledging that maybe God's not so bent out of shape over my traditions. Uh, that felt good to me because I know some of the stuff people used to say about me when I walked away from traditional religion. I know the stuff that they, they was hoping for my downfall. They was hoping that I would dry up in the word. They were they was hoping that nobody would listen. But God somehow opened the door where I draw more people outside of them than I drew while I was in them. And they got real upset. But God is so faithful that he knows how to bless those who truly want to walk with him the thing is you can't be one foot in and one foot out you got to make a decision to be sold out for him somebody say sold out a lot of times we're too scared to go forward with god but god said trust me you've never done this before your community have never seen it but i can use you as a light to show them that you don't got to be trapped in tradition that's good to me i'm gonna make that a t-shirt queen i need you to take a note trapped in tradition no longer trapped in tradition that's a shirt for me no longer trapped in tradition listen and so and so the pharisees they met good huh they met good but their practice caused them to be prideful i must say that again they met good but their practice caused them to be prideful they felt because they were able to walk in whatever and it wasn't even walking perfectly now here's the secret right because nobody is walking perfectly we all we all need a little bit of grace here and there we all need a little bit of mercy here and there and i'm going i'm building trust me this is going somewhere we all need a little bit of grace we all need a little bit of mercy none of us are actually walking perfectly in the way that we believe we should be living can i tell you a secret it doesn't matter who you're looking up to it doesn't matter who you're looking at there there is nobody on this earth who is walking perfectly in the way that they intend to. And so what people mastered the art of doing, they mastered the art of hiding the parts of them that is not in alignment with who they want to be. They hide the parts of them 
that is not in alignment with who they want to be. And so they can present themselves in some form of perfection, but in reality, there are parts of them that are still struggling to walk in the ideals they have for themselves. And so I like to say everybody is a walking contradiction. There are parts of us that is not fully in alignment with the ideals that we want. In fact, let me take a little closer. Uh, we are complex being in that, in that some of our ideals, we haven't fully flushed out in every context. Well, we make a decision. We have a general understanding of how we want to live, but life has a way of throwing things our way in which we never expected could happen to us. We never expected that we would be the ones going through it. And now that we're going through it, we have to ask ourselves, were my past convictions truly based on information or was it based on religious convictions without any context? In other words, I know some people, I'll give you an example. I know some people uh, who were very much a starch, uh, a very hard against divorce. They said God does not like divorce. God shuns divorce. God, uh, he, he, he hides his faith. Uh, as you divorce, you're going to be cursed. They had all these things about them until they had to go through something. <laughs> and now when they had to go through a divorce, they had to now go back and consider their ideologies in divorce. I know some people, they were real quick on, on, not on, on, no murder, like you don't kill nobody. Uh, God is the is the author. He's the giver of life, so God is the taker of life. We should never be in a position to give or take life, or we give life, right? But we should never take life. There's no context in which a killing is acceptable. It's not until your life is in danger or your loved one's life is in danger that you begin to realize maybe I didn't fully flush out the idea. And so the point is not to, to justify any one or the other. The point is some of us we have these ideas in our mind that is really based out of ignorance and religion and it's not until we go through something in life that we begin to realize maybe I should reevaluate those ideas because none of us are walking in perfect alignment with the ideals of who we want to be we're all doing our best doesn't matter how good they might look most of us practice the art and master the art of hiding those parts of us that's still struggling and Sean says but isn't it um but isn't some of it religious um, bannering cause because they want to cover up? Yeah, there you go. Cover up their own ish. I just said it. Absolutely. That is exactly it. Yes, those humbling moments are so important. Those humbling moments are, we need, we need to be humble sometimes because some of us, we're really arrogant simply because we're inexperienced. Your lack of experience gives you the luxury to be arrogant. <laughs> it's because you ain't been through nothing that you don't know why people do the things they do. It, it, you, you, don't, you haven't experienced some of the pain that people are experiencing. And so you don't understand why they seem to always run towards pleasure, even if it's detrimental. Well, if I've been hurting for so long, if there's a pain in me that I seem to not be able to get rid of, then I'm going to run to whatever's going to make me feel good just to get a break from feeling so bad. If you ain't never been through nothing you're not going to understand what that feels like and so it's easy to judge things that you ain't never really had to experience i've learned that you should be careful in throwing stones you haven't been through it but you're going through something all right all right all right all right <laughs> let me get back to the text before before i keep going right all right so it says uh in verse three now the scribes and the pharisees brought a woman caught in the act of adultery so adultery of course um if we talk about adultery from the the ancient understanding, adultery is when um is when a man sleeps with another man's wife, when a man uh, lays with 
another man's wife. Technically, in a very uh, strict way, that is what adultery is. And so um, if a woman who is married sleeps with another man, then they are then in the act of adultery. And so that's what this woman got caught doing. This woman got caught um, sleeping with someone who is not her husband. She got caught in the act of adultery. And after placing her in the center of the courtyard, here we are, they said, we're right here, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. What then do you say? So what they're doing now is because of the way Jesus has been living, because the law has already been accepted as righteous and holy, the law has already been accepted as, as being flawless. There's nothing wrong with the law as far as the people understood. The law is the standard of living. It's already been established. Uh, these people are using tactics to try to trip Jesus up. These people are using tactics to try to make Jesus look like he's not about God's word. They try to use tactics to make Jesus looked like he's not about God's business. They try to use tactics to make Jesus look like he's trying to change things that God has established. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes God does change the very things he's established. And let me just say that. Let me make that abundantly clear because God cannot be trapped in a box. And I think for some of us, that's some of our problems is that we want to leave God in a box because if we leave God in a box, then we never have to interact with God to get answers. If we leave God in a box, then I don't have to have a relationship relationship with God. I just have to remember what he said way back whenever, and I don't have to engage with God. I don't have to go through the spiritual disciplines. If I leave God in a box and it's easier for me to control and predict what God is doing, what God is about to do. If I limit God to what he did, then I can predict what he's going to do. But the reality is we should never leave God. We should never trap God in a box, but it's so easy to do that just in human nature. We've seen him do it before. He'll do it again, right? That's kind of how we do it. We never consider the context in which why he did what he did. And so uh, so what they did, they knew that the law was already accepted by the people, and they tried to trip Jesus up by saying the law says that we should stone such a woman who's caught in adultery. Now, I need to paint this picture so that you guys can understand something. This woman is caught in adultery, right? Now, there's no social media, right? There are no cell phones, right? There are no camcorders, Right. There are no uh, 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 devices. Right. To to let to send the signal out. And here are these men now coming with this woman saying that she was caught in the very act of adultery. That means that they happen to just walk into a random man's bedroom and, and, and find her there having sex with another man. This is obviously some type of setup because there's no way that the communication could have went forth uh, uh, that this woman uh, was was pretty much cheating on her husband. There was there was some type of 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 um, oh, what's the word conspiracy uh, going on. There, there, there was there was obviously people getting together, and I don't know. Maybe she did it in the past. Maybe they were upset at her. Maybe they were mad at her. Um, maybe, maybe they were mad at the husband. Um, maybe the husband didn't want to be married to her and needed a way out without looking like you know. Uh, without looking like a jerk, because men could divorce their, their wives for whatever reason, um, but maybe he didn't want to look like he was some type of immature guy. Whatever the case is, she was being set up. Now, uh, uh, 
she 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 participated in the act. She was clearly in um in conjunction. Um, uh, she could have even been raped for all we know. And if, for all intents and purposes, they could have been lying. We we don't even know the details. But what we do know is that they brought her. They're they're blaming her, and they're trying to say that she's guilty as if there was not a hand from other people um involved in her committing adultery. Look, Sean says, "Ain't we missing someone in the trial?" Oh yeah, we're gonna get into that, right? Um, we we're, we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. But I do want. I want to hit this point right here because some of us, we, we are so naive about people's intentions that we sometimes don't see the setup. We don't even realize how people are saying, listen, you want to be careful when we're talking about people, uh, when, when people want to give you advice outside of what you know is best. I need to say that again because some of y'all, I need to get this. There are some people who like to encourage the mess because they're really encouraging your downfall. You think they're your friends. You think they support you. The, you, you, you. You think that they're on your side. You think they're empathizing with you. They want to encourage the mess because they're really encouraging your downfall. You need to watch out for those people who are encouraging, encouraging you to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing. Because at the end of the day, why would a friend, why would a brother, why would a sister encourage me to do something that would mess up my life? Why would they encourage me to do something that would put my life in jeopardy, right? These people knew what the law was. This woman knew that if I get caught sleeping with, a, with another man as a married woman, that I could lose my life. And yet, for whatever reason, she obliged anyway, because sometimes our emotions can cause us to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. Oh, yeah, see what I did there, right? I see what I did there, right? Sometimes our emotions will cause us to act outside of character. And sometimes you'll have a community of people supporting you to act out of character. You got to remember something. Those are not supporters. Those are secret haters. Those are low-key haters. Those are people who don't want the best for you because when you know better, they should encourage better. It's not as if people were ignorant of what the law says. It's not as if in their wedding vows it wasn't made clear what was going to go on when they stepped in. And yet somehow she finds yourself caught in adultery with somebody else and notice how the somebody else like sean said the somebody else doesn't seem to be present mm, 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 mm. the somebody else doesn't seem to be present she can't commit adultery by herself Y'all not hearing me. She can't commit adultery by herself. Where is this somebody else? Where is this other person? Where is this other man that she decided to break her vows, to break her commitment with? Where is this other man? We got to ask ourselves these questions because it is unjust to try to uh, target one person and not bring in the other person, especially if you if you are talking about what the law says. Because let me show y'all real quick. I want y'all to see this. Look at what the law actually says. I'm going to show y'all. This is Leviticus 20. Well, we're going to start at verse 10 right here. Right here. Y'all can see that, right? We're going to start right there where, where I highlight. It says, if there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife. See? See? Listen. The adulterer, right here. Here we are. Right here. The adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. You see that right here? The adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. And so really, if we're going to talk about following the law as it is written, if that is what the Pharisees were in fact intending to do, then not just her, but the man that was with her ought to be present. 
right? Because both of them, according to the law, should be put to death. But what they did, instead of bringing both of them in, they only brought her in, which lets us know then that she is being targeted. And this is why it is so important that we watch out for those who are encouraging us to do something wrong, because you think they're going to stand with you when the judgment comes, when in reality, they are in cahoots with other people. They're not going to be on your side. I need to hear me. These people are grind. Listen, y'all, there's some snakes in your circle and you don't even realize it you you think that y'all just doing dirt together y'all just having fun together they are snakes in your circle and the moment that you get caught you're looking for the support and it's not around you you're, you're looking for somebody else to take the fall with you because you didn't do it by yourself they're not around you got to be careful about those people who's asking you to live unrighteously because it seems like when it's time to get the penalty for the practice they don't seem to be present oh, i'm preaching y'all don't hear that right there and so you want to be careful you don't you never want to let somebody else tell you to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing and i know that's easier said than done because like i said our emotions can get the best of us and this is why you got to watch your circle this is why you got to learn how to truly pray because when your emotions start to rise up there's going to be people saying yeah go ahead go up there and smack him in the face there's going to be people who's going to tell you to do things that you really have no business doing but because your emotions are in balance you find yourself susceptible to accepting advice that you would have normally rejected had you been even keeled. And so who you have around you may determine what you begin to participate in. Listen, none of us are perfect, but uh, uh, two people are better than one and iron sharpens iron. So there's one man sharpen another. If you have the right people around you, then hopefully you won't make so many mistakes. The right people can help you walk better in righteousness. You want to be careful about those who encourage you to be messy. I see y'all in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff gets deep. The stuff gets deep. Listen, you got to know the word. You got to know the word and you got to be connected to the word because people will try to play you. People will try to play you. Listen, uh, uh, Sean says all skin folk ain't kin folk. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't shoot. <laughs> I see you, Tracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We going into that. We going into that. I was just about to say, even if it's your wife or spouse, come on and talk about it, Kiki. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a very, uh, 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 that's a very delicate position, but it's true because sometimes you might be joint to somebody. Mm. You might be joined to somebody in marriage and they're trying to encourage you to do things that you know you ain't got no business doing. That that's 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 a that's a, a touchy, that's a delicate situation. And when you're in those situations, at, at the very least, you gotta stay true to what you know is right. And not only do you have to stay true to what you know is right, you have to surround yourself with other people who will stay true to what they know is right. Because if it's your spouse, it can get real lonely. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If it's your spouse encouraging you to act messy, righteousness can be a lonely place. And so you want to surround yourself with loved ones, with family that will encourage you, that will remind you that you're not crazy, that will let you know, no, it's not your fault. No, you're not, you're not the crazy one. Your spouse is walking in wickedness and we're going to pray, but sometimes we might even have to help you get out. I'm going to tell you something. I know some really good people who do some really bad things. I know some people that if you're kikiing it with them, no pun intended, kiki, but if you're like hanging out with them, you know, you're just having a good time with them and, and you, you would never know the stuff that they do when you're not around. 
And sometimes people are out there crying for help, telling you, yo, yo, this person, I, 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 whatever. At the end of the day, we have to stay true to what we know is right. Because when judgment comes, it seems like those people who were so quick to participate don't want to be there for the punishment. All right. So let's continue with the story, right? So boom. They're asking, uh, they're asking Jesus, what do you say? The law says this. What do you say? And so Jesus says, um, here we are. We are at verse six. He said, now they were stand they were saying this to test him, right? Okay, so we already went over that, so that they might have grounds to accuse him for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. When they persisted in asking him, all right, so stop there. So stop there. Because Jesus is such a G. They asked him, All right, so what do you say? And Jesus don't say nothing. He doesn't give them an answer. Because they were right, but they were wrong. They were right, but they were wrong. Let me tell you something. People trip, this is this is practical right here, what I'm about to say. People will trip you up with half-truths. You know, <laughs> a lot of the debates that I see, they be half-truths. They, 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 they will say something. They'll give you a little partial truth so that you can start debating the partial truth so they can make it seem like you're not about what you're about. They'll give you a partial truth to try to make you sound like a racist. They'll give you a partial truth to make you sound like you don't believe in protecting black women. They'll give you a partial truth to make you sound like you're okay with, with, with abuse. And, and, and they'll give you a partial truth to make it sound like you're okay with thievery. A, a partial, they'll give you a partial truth to make it sound like you're okay about some things that you might not truly be about. And what messes us up is our consistent need, listen to what I'm saying, what messes us up is our consistent need to defend our position. I'm giving y'all something right now that y'all need to take, I need to take this into your spirit. Your need to defend your position is why you're constantly in a position to defend your position. You don't know how to just let people believe what they want. You don't know how to just ignore people when they're talking foolishness. For whatever reason, there's something in you that says, nah, that I, I got to defend myself. They got, no, I'm, that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, no, I never said that. What I'm saying is, and, and we just going back and forth with people, watch this, with people who don't even really care about your position. That As long as you're up, they want you down. The arguing is just to get you out of your square. The arguing is to have you trip up on your words. Right, they're arguing with you so that you can say something in in the heat of the moment that might even be in contrary to what you really believe. They're arguing with you. They're bringing it to you not because they want clarity. No, 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 no. They don't want clarity. They want you condemned. And what we have to learn, the maturity, what we have to learn, we have to be so comfortable in ourselves that I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to entertain. It is not my job to make it clear to you. Now, everything in context, of course, right? But I'm talking about specifically when we're dealing with social media beef, when we're dealing with beef at the job, when we're dealing with, with some beef, even with some friends. Once you start realizing, wait, it don't matter what I say. They just want me to look like the bad guy. Sometimes you got to be comfortable. You need to be comfortable with them looking at you like you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, there's nothing you can do. I know it might be hard to believe that this person, this person who you thought loved you, this person who you thought was on your side, this person who you thought was a friend, I know it might be hard for you to believe that this person would want the worst for you. But in reality, if they don't want the best for you, then they want the worst for you. And they'll try to trip you up. 
and they can only get you if you continue to participate. So Jesus ain't said nothing. He kneeled down. Jesus kneeled down and he started writing. And then and they were persi persisting. And look at what Jesus did. Jesus straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now, Oh, hold on. I'll keep going. Now, when they heard this, they began leaving one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone. And the woman was there in the center of the courthouse. So now, so now, Jesus, what Jesus did, Jesus didn't say, Jesus didn't say, no, 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 let's not stone her, because then that would have sounded like he was going against the law of Moses. And Jesus also didn't say, all right, well then let's get the husband, let's get the other man here and then we'll stone both of them since that's what the law actually said. Because then it sounds like he would be an advocate, an advocate for murder. So what Jesus did in his wisdom, he said, well, since you guys are so righteous, you be the ones to throw the stone. Since you guys are so righteous, you be the ones to throw the first stone, except let it be the one without sin. Whoever among you is without sin, let them be the one to throw the first stone. That means then after that stone was thrown, right, then everybody else could have started throwing stones, could have started throwing stones. But everyone, when he said that, everyone had to look in their heart to see who would be the first one to throw a stone. Everybody's looking around because you already know well, I'm not without sin. And right there, once you realize I'm not without sin, now you understand the space in which you should have been looking at this woman. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Once you realize I'm without, I'm not without sin. Once you realize I've made some mistakes. Once you realize I strayed away from the righteous path. Once you realize that you did some stuff you wasn't supposed to do. Now you have to consider how am I going to now kill somebody else who, who was once in the position that I was in? How am I going to kill this person for messing up when I still have my life after messing up? How am I going to stone this person for messing up when I still have my life when I messed up? If, if if I was to really have the judgment that I deserve, then I shouldn't have my job. I shouldn't have my marriage. Uh, I shouldn't have my house. I shouldn't have these cars. I, I, I should be dead somewhere because I made some mistakes that should have cost me my life. And yet I am here because somebody found grace on me. Somebody had mercy towards me. And so how am I now going to stone somebody else when I should have been stoned? Since I'm not free of sin, who am I now to allow their sin to produce death in them when God was so good that it hasn't produced death in me. I need to help. I need to help. Because some of you, you really think that you're all that. I'm going to talk to those who think they're all that. Some of you, because you've been doing good for so long, you forgot that you can mess up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of you, because you've been walking right for so long, you've been walking in wisdom for so long, you forgot when you was a fool. you walking gentle for so long, you forgot when you was a hothead. You've been sober for so long, you forgot when you was a drunk. You've been, you've been, you've been abstinence for so long, you've been abstaining for so long, that you forgot that you was a hot, hot hottie. A hotty hottie, right? You done forgot where you came from. You done forgot what God had brought you through. And now you're allowing the deliverance of God to put you on a pedestal. You're forgetting what it what it means to struggle. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because this woman was struggling. 
This woman was going through something in her spirit. She needed some compassion. And there's so many of us who are struggling. There's so many of us, we just need some compassion. And it's like people want to highlight the worst parts in our history. They want to highlight when we're at our lowest. They want us to be the sum total of our mistakes. They never consider the good that we do. They never consider how awesome we were, how many people we've helped. It seems like it's not until we make a mistake that's when our true colors are shown. They're ready to throw throw stones at us as if they've never struggled themselves. And so Jesus said, look, I'm not going to argue with you about what the law says. I'm just going to remind you that you too was struggling. There's some things that you did that was worthy of death, but God was so good to show you grace and mercy. And people were so good to show you grace and mercy that you're alive today to condemn this woman. How dare you forget? Well, if you ain't got no sin, go ahead and throw the stone. <laughs> man, Sean said, man, if God judged us the way we judge others, come on, somebody. And that's what Jesus was saying previously. And in another text, Jesus said, look, judge not lest ye be judged, because the measure in which you judge, you too will be judged. And I don't know about you, but when I get judged, I want somebody to judge me with a little bit of grace. Come on. If I, when I get judged, I want somebody to judge me with a little bit of compassion. When I get judged, I want somebody to judge me with a little bit of mercy. Because one thing I can say for sure, I'm not, I'm not looking to walk in wickedness. I'm not looking to be some horrible person. So if I make a mistake, trust that that's exactly what it is. It's a mistake. I'm not looking to be some bad guy. I just slip and fall sometimes. I get emotional sometimes. I get stressed out sometimes. I get impatient sometimes. Sometimes I go through some things and I would want you to judge me with the grace and the compassion that I too have limits, but in order for me to be judged in such way, I got to judge other people in such way. I got to consider that they too have their limits and that they might be walking with some struggles that I don't know about and they might be at their breaking point. I have to at least consider it. <laughs> I have to at least consider it if I want them to consider it with me. And not even so much I want them to consider it with me. I want God to consider it with me. Well, look, look I don't care what none of y'all got to say. I'm going to keep it a thousand. I don't care. Y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. I'm talking about when that trumpet sounds, when I take my last breath, my prayer that God will look at me with some compassion and some grace, knowing that I'm doing my best. <laughs> and now he said, Jesus' response should have debunked those extra laws. Come on. He doesn't punish. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Jesus was letting them know. Jesus was letting them know that, that the will of God, listen, because this is important. The will of God is not to punish mistakes. The will of God is not to punish mistakes. Because if that was God's will, there would be no grace and mercy for us to be here today. And so many of us, we walk around scared that God, we walk around thinking God is just looking for a reason to give us hellfire. God is just looking for a reason to curse us. God is just looking for a reason to destroy us. The reality is it is not God's will to punish mistakes. And so you don't have to walk around scared because you're struggling. You don't have to walk around nervous because you haven't yet overcome some things. You can walk around with humility, with, with humbleness. I like the word humbleness better. You can walk around with humbleness 
recognizing that God is not through with you yet. And he's not in the business of punishing you simply because you're making mistakes. And so Jesus says, if you are without sin, cast the first stone. But once you acknowledge, once they acknowledge, I got sin, I've messed up too. They had to walk away. So now watch this, watch this. Jesus was sure, listen to me, Jesus was sure to defend her when her accusers were around. In other words, let me say it this way, publicly, 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 Jesus made sure he gave her the support she needed. Publicly, Jesus acknowledged that she was a person in need of grace, mercy, and compassion, and Jesus made sure that he came to her defense publicly. He did not humiliate her publicly. He did not condemn her publicly. He did not correct her publicly. Listen to this. He didn't even address her publicly. <laughs> now, one time since we've been reading, did he even speak to the woman because her accusers were around and those that were around her did not mean her well. Y'all need to hear what I'm saying. They did not mean her well. And so Jesus did not even address her publicly. He made sure he dealt with the wicked accusers. And I think we can get a lesson from that because sometimes when our loved ones are doing wrong, sometimes when our loved ones are messing up, we have the tendency to blast them publicly where we should be covering them publicly. It, we, we, should, we should not be excited about exposing somebody's business. We drink some water. I, I need that to simmer just a little bit. I need that to simmer just a little bit because I know I know some of you, but they did, but they do they, they, they doing this and they doing that and and and, and the need to just embarrass them. It, it really you don't you're, you're not looking to embarrass them. You're, you're you're not really even looking to expose them. You're just so fed up about what you're going through, about the emotional currency it takes to watch your loved one act like this and move like this and behave like this. But if we're going to be like Jesus and we're going to follow in Jesus's footsteps, then we should never, we should never be embarrassing our loved ones publicly. Even if our loved ones does something embarrassing in the public, there should be a part of us that says, there should be a part of us that says, this is someone that I love. I'm not going to address them around though, because everybody who's around, listen, listen, I need y'all to get this. Everybody who witnessed it isn't for your good. And you never want to give ammo to the enemy. Warfare. Let's talk about warfare. Let's talk about warfare. You might not notice, but in warfare, your enemy is looking for the weakness to attack. I need, I need y'all just to understand what I'm saying. And so since the enemy is looking for a weakness to attack, what the enemy will do is that the enemy will wait until there is a moment in which you are not on your square, where you're not level-headed. The enemy will look for that moment to then seep in and start the invasion, start the attack. That's at the point where you're weak. And so, and so, and so when you're, especially when your loved one does something publicly, the enemy is going to look for a way to now use that public embarrassment, to use that public fall, to use that public mistake to now begin 
begin to tear down the support system of your loved one and yourself. Because now, if you support your loved one, you start to look kind of crazy, right? Uh, uh, uh. But 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 if you if you don't support your loved one, then 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 you look like a traitor. You look like you look like you're disloyal, and so that can put you in a little spot, especially especially if your loved one is in fact wrong. I don't maybe some of y'all y'all never been through that, right? Where your loved one was in fact wrong, and so you can't condone what they're doing, uh, 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 but but you can't necessarily condemn them publicly because then it looks like you're turning your back on them. And so you might feel like you're in a spot. What am I supposed to do? Well, let's look at Jesus. What Jesus did was he diverted the attention to the accusers. He said, all right, I, I'm not even going to address my loved one right now since all y'all got something to say. If you're perfect, then throw the stone. And so what he did was he protected her in public. He made sure that the accusers first went away. They had to go. They had to go. They had to go because these accusers were not there for justice. These accusers were not there for righteousness. They were simply there to tear this woman down for whatever reason. And so a lot, it, it, let me say this too, because this is good. This is real good. Just because, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you deserve to be torn down. Just because you did something wrong, that does not mean now that you should be discarded as nothing and nobody. Just because you messed up, that does not mean now the world has a right to trample on you and treat you like you're worthless and like you're nothing. No, 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 no. Don't allow the guilt of doing wrong. Don't allow the guilt of doing wrong. Don't let that guilt give people access to abuse you. Mm. I feel that in my spirit because some of you, you're accepting the abuse because you're guilty. Oh, I feel that you're accepting the abuse because you're guilty, but guilt does not give them the right to be abusers. Can I say this? There's never a space in which abuse is the answer. There is never a space in which abuse is the answer. Look, Sean said, think back to Noah getting drunk. Uh-huh. And his son's covering him. Absolutely. Look what Natalie said. Protect her in public. That's it. That's it. That's it. Kiki, uh, that is why I've never been quick to jump on um, on the Me Too movement. My God. Yo, Kiki keep touching this delicate stuff. <laughs> I tried to extend grace for me anyway in my situation but but absolutely i i completely understand that i completely understand that and and some people they they don't understand or or some people they even disagree with extending grace to a guilty person because they forgot about see this is this is this is the foundation they're guilty okay now let's ask the question are you free of guilt are you free of offense? Have you done everything right? That's the president that says, let's now extend grace. It's not, it's not so much about the offense as much as it is about the reality that we've all messed up. Let me also say this because I know people like to take things out of context, right? A mistake is something that is out of your character. And so some of you, you have a, a habit of wickedness. You have a pattern of wickedness. I'm not talking to you. I'm going to be honest. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those who made a mistake where this is not how they live. 
that, that I'm talking to those people. I'm talking to those people who, for whatever reason, they did something that they should have never done. They know they should have never done it, but they got caught up. They got desperate. Whatever, whatever happened, uh, it, it put them in a in a position where they now acted outside of character, and now it's like their whole world is falling apart because they're acting outside of character. I want you to know that your guilt should not lead to your dismissal that your mistake doesn't mean that you are now worthless that god has not abandoned you and get this your true community has not abandoned you neither sean said we're not for grace that guilty person would be me absolutely absolutely so many of us we have done things and look what i've learned the older i get the the, the more opportunities there are for me to make mistakes all right, it's like the the older I get, the 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 more mistakes I have. They say the difference between the master and the student is that the master failed more times than the student tried. That's what they said. That, I love that. Right, the older you get, the more you find yourself messing things up. But if it was not for grace and mercy, you would stay in your mess. But God is so good that he says you messed up, but guess what? I'm going to pick you up. You're going to try again. You're going to get it right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to destroy you. I'm not going to disown you simply because you made a mistake. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to be there until you figure this thing out. That is how God deals with us. That is how we should deal with ourselves. And that is how we should deal with each other. Can't be so quick to cut people off because of a mistake. It says, only self-work makes room for your soul's extension of grace. My God. Hallelujah. That's it right there. That's it right there. We're not going to cut people off for making money. If we're going to cut people off, it's because they are displaying patterns of abuse. If we're going to cut people off, it's because they are um, they are a threat to our well-being. If we're going to cut people off, it's because they are a threat to our children's well-being. What we're not going to do is cut people off because they've made a mistake. And if you don't know the difference, then we need to talk offline. Because I don't even have the time today. I'm already over an hour. I don't even have the time today. And so, and so we have to be able to distinguish the difference between abusive behavior and a mistake. The difference between, um, between someone who is a threat to the community and someone who made a mistake. Now, some mistakes are huge. Absolutely. Some mistakes is not so easy to just forget about. Absolutely. We need to, in context, find a way to extend grace if it is, in fact, a mistake. And I'm not saying what the government should do. The government shouldn't govern us. So no micro governing. You get what I'm saying? How do we deal with our community? Forget about what the cops say. Forget about what the law says. Just look what Jesus said. Forget about what the law is saying. How am I going to deal with my brother and my sister when they make a mistake? I should extend grace for their mistake. Because we're sinner bounds. Grace much more bounds. I need to protect my loved ones publicly. My God. And then it says, okay, so watch this. Stood up. As he stood up. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, they left on my one until she was in the car. All right, here we go. Verse 10. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. I want to stop there before I get to what Jesus says after that. Some of y'all know the story, so y'all know where this goes. 
But I, I just want to I want to say this, then we're gonna get back to the text, right? This is the first time Jesus is now addressing her. This is the first time Jesus is addressing her. Things have been going on. You know, we painted the picture. She got caught. Just imagine, just imagine the trauma in just getting caught having sex with someone you shouldn't be having sex with. Just if, if just think about what that's like. You, you're doing your thing. You're getting your groove on. Got the R&B playing. You know what I'm saying? Got the good rhythm going. And then the, the door just busts open. There's a group of men. Just, just imagine the embarrassment that she felt in, in just that situation. Then they drag her out and bring her in public. We don't even know if she had her clothes on. She, they, they, they bring her out and they're just dragging her around the neighborhood. And she did something wrong. She's guilty. And they're, and they're, and they're not bringing her to the normal spaces. They're looking specifically for Jesus. See, that's what they messed up at. That's what they, they, they messed up in looking for Jesus. Because it wasn't even about her. They were trying to bring Jesus down. Can I talk about that for a little bit? Can I talk about that for a little bit? You know, there's some there's some people trying to drag you that ain't got nothing to do with you. It got everything to do with somebody else that's connected to you. <laughs> I might have to say that for another experience. Because some of you, you you're, you're collateral damage. It ain't even got nothing to do with you. We ain't even trying to bring you down. We're bringing you down trying to bring them down. <laughs> that's another experience. I'm going to leave that one alone because that's another experience. That's another one. That's another one. And so anyway, she's going through this drama. She's being dragged. They find Jesus. And now she's just sitting there. Like, when did she even have the time to process what's happening? And now Jesus doesn't even address her. <laughs> right? They bring her to Jesus. And Jesus says nothing to her. And finally, all, everybody leaves, and he now speaks. And his first question is, where are they? Where are they? Did anyone condemn you? And her, she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, look at this. Jesus says, well, you know, King James said, neither do I. But Jesus says, I do not condemn you either. Now watch this. Go. From now on, do not sin any longer. See that? See that? I don't condemn you either. Go. From now on, do not sin any longer. So watch this. He, he, he protects her in public, but he corrects her in private. See that? See that? You see how? Yo, Jesus is a G. Look how G Jesus is. He he protects her in public, but he corrects her in private. See, you can't just stop. <laughs> I just felt my spirit. I felt somebody getting mad with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. It can't end in protection. It has to end in correction, especially if you're guilty. We we need to protect and we need to correct because there's some stuff you shouldn't be out here doing in these streets. Come on, let's keep it a thousand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if y'all ready. I don't know if y'all ready. Let's keep it a thousand. There are some things you have no business doing in these streets. And if we're going to talk about protecting, we also have to talk about correcting because you shouldn't be out here wilding like that. Jesus says, go sin no more. Don't, don't go sin no longer. No longer. Don't be out here acting a fool. Grace won today. Mercy won today. Don't, don't use the victory of grace as a license to sin. Go and sin no more. Stop. Look, you know what this could have led to. You know what could have happened to you. Are you crazy? Do you know that this could have ended your life? But God saw fit that you be here. Stop 
the foolishness. And I got to say that to some of you right now because God has been so good and pulling you out of some mess and you, you felt like you got lucky and you felt like, oh man, we dodged the bullet and then you go right back to the mess that almost cost you your life. At some point, you got to stop. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you done went to jail for some stuff and they let you go and then you're going to go right back to that thing. You done cheated on your spouse and they forgiven you and you're going to go right back to that thing. You done cheated on a test and they gave you another opportunity and then you're going to cheat some more. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You were disrespectful in this neighborhood and they didn't take your life. So you're going to keep being disrespectful. Like, what are you doing at some point? You got to stop wilding in these streets. You got to stop. You got to stop. Because it's, only, that, because it's a mistake until it becomes a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a mistake until it becomes a lifestyle. You got to stop. You got to stop. Don't let that mistake mature into your character. Don't let that mistake mature into your personality. Don't let that mistake mature into your lifestyle. Let it be just that, a mistake. Turn away from it. And yeah, if you slip again, let it be that. Let it be a slip. Some of you, you act like you slipping, but you laying down. I just got to be honest with this. Is the pastoral heart coming out now. This is the pastoral heart. You're laying down to some things. It's not a mistake anymore. It was a mistake last year. It was a mistake two years ago. Not now, now this is how you've been living. It's not a mistake. You need to stop. Because God didn't give you grace so you could keep walking around guilty. But he also didn't give you grace so you can walk around living reckless. There's a point where you got to do better. There's a point where you got to do better. Yeah, protect in public, correct in private. That's it right there. Look, look, he didn't even condemn her for her sin. He just said, don't do it anymore. Exactly. Walk in grace. Do better. Do better. And for some of you, some people have been trying to tell you that for a long time, and you just wasn't trying to listen. Some people were trying to tell you, hey, dog, hey, sis, this is not the way to go. And you've been, you've been focusing on on the lack of support, that you miss the support and the advice that they're giving. You've been trying to walk in a way that doesn't work. And, 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 and they've been trying to correct you, and you haven't been listening because you're embarrassed or, you don't, or they don't understand or whatever the case is. Listen, whatever therapy you need, whatever counseling you need, go get that thing, but please do better. You know, you know that you're not living how you're supposed to be living. And watch this. It's not based off of some man-made tradition. We're not talking about the, do you remember how we started in the beginning, right? With the Pharisees setting stuff up and, 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 talk, and, and doing their whole traditional stuff. That, 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 we ain't talking about that you just walking away from tradition. We're talking about you actually knowing that this doesn't lead to anything good. That this choice this path this lifestyle only ends in destruction and pain and you're yet choosing it over and over again you're walking in it and, and you're making excuses for it when you should trust god enough to say i can put this down and 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 pick up something righteous and watch the lord bless me have enough faith in the light have enough faith in the righteous path 
if anything, have enough faith in God because God, God is God is asking you to turn it around. I am the voice right now telling you that God wants you to turn it around. Look at this. For some people, they don't learn right. So the consequences um become hard to deal with. Absolutely. Pe you know, um one Christian rapper, uh, I don't think he rap anymore, but he said, uh, they say experience is the best teacher. That's what they teach you in school. I say that experience is the teacher of fools because a wise man will learn from another man's mistakes and he goes in from there, right? Bars, right? But, but, but I resonate with that where some of us, we don't realize how messed up it is until we have to deal with the consequences. Let me deal with some 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 subtle things too, because I mean it's easy to talk about you know the big stuff you 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 cheating on your spouse, you're doing some illegal activity, whatever the case is. That's easy, but what about what about you not giving your spouse enough love? You about to end your marriage because you don't you don't feel like giving them the love they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, there was one point where, you know, it was a mistake. You didn't know that's what they were looking for, and then you apologize. But now, but now you're actually neglecting your spouse. You're neglecting your children. What about that? You got to scare your kids. We're acting up, and then by God's grace, they got out of a situation. But they got in that situation because of the neglect that came from you. There's a point where you got to, because if you keep neglecting them, mm, now you're responsible because it's not a mistake anymore. It's a lifestyle. What about, what about, what about changing your diet? Come on. Let, let me talk about the subtle stuff because it's easy to talk about the big stuff. You talk about the subtle stuff. You went to the doctors and then they said you had high blood pressure and then all of a sudden it, it went back to normal and you took that as green light to keep eating the foolishness. Stop it. Stop it before you have a heart attack. Stop it before you get diabetes. Stop it. Stop it, because that was grace. That was the little flashlight telling you, you know you need to cut down on them french fries. You know you need to cut down on them brownies. You know you should be walking at least 20 minutes a day. Let's, let's stop it. Stop it, because the mistake will become a lifestyle. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about the, the subtle stuff. Why, why are you still procrastinating? You know you got a test in a week, and you still ain't studying. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Why? The last test that you failed, you know, the last test that you had a chance to redo because the teacher extended grace. Don't think that grace means that it's okay to procrastinate. Get the studying. Get the reading. Like, what are you doing? You knew you should have been started that business. You knew you should have started that business. And you're still procrastinating on that. You missed out on a PPP loan and some grant money because you, you were supposed to start it three years before the pandemic. You just been dragging your feet. God is saying, come on, let's do better. Let's do better. I could go on and on with the subtle things. It ain't always the big stuff, y'all. It ain't always the big stuff, y'all. Look, Tamir said, I feel triggered about the food. Listen, listen. I said french fries because that's my, that's my thing, man. I know I need to stop. <laughs> but I am a food lover of fries. Yay, we're foodies together. But let's not encourage our mess. Let's not encourage our mess as, as fries lovers. Let's do it in moderation, right? There's nothing wrong with loving fries, amen, but let's do it in moderation. We don't need fries with every meal just because we're buying out, okay? We can buy out and not get fries. We don't got to make it a large just because there ain't never enough fries. We can do a small. We can do better. We can do better. I, I promise we can do better.
Oh, uh, yeah, look, my brother with me. Listen, y'all, we all can do better, man. We all can do better. <laughs> you know, but I don't want to miss the point, right? It doesn't always have to be the big stuff. In some of the small things, we can do better. We made a mistake. Grace was extended. The consequence we should have gotten, we didn't get. And God is telling us to do better. Let's do better. Man, I'm done, man. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I said I said what I needed to say. Um, yeah, I was thank you for participating, all of you who participated. I enjoyed the engagement. Man, before we get into our moment of meditation, let's um get into our moment of meditation. This blessed you. I want you to share it. I want you to share it with somebody. Um, share it with several people, share it on your page. I need y'all to share this stuff, man, so that other people can know where, where this is at. If this is truly blessed you, if this did nothing for you, then I mean, you're, you're probably not even here no more. But if it truly blessed you, I need you to share this. I need you to share this. I need other people to know that this was good to you. Uh, also, if you got something that you want to share it with the public, put it in the group. I would love to see what you guys got from this experience. Share it in the Friday Experience group. Um, if you use um, if you use Twitter, tag me or use the hashtag FX FX Live. You know, I'm gonna have to just put it on there so that y'all can see it because FX Live. Yes, F. E-X-L-I-V-E-F-X live. Use this hashtag. That way I can follow it. But listen, man, we're about to go into our meditation, man. We're about to go into our meditation.